Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of One Vision. Now, not a day goes by when we do not hear anything, something about artificial intelligence, from deploying generative AI in the newsroom to using AI to help improve sustainability. There is simply no shortage of energy and buzz around the emerging technology, and I use the word "emerging" very loosely. When we come to think of it. AI is and has been all around us. From the moment we pick up our smartphone and authenticate ourselves, check our emails and news feeds, to navigating traffic, getting on a plane, our daily experience is already greatly shaped by artificial intelligence. But question is, what about our workplace, and how will that impact not only the operations of finance organizations today, but also the future? So today, I am super excited to be hosting Tim Labelle, VP and Head of Spend Products at SAP Concur, on the show with us and explore that question further. Welcome to the show, Tim. Oh, thank you very much, Theodore. So this is going to be fun. I look forward to it.、Um, as you mentioned before the recording, this is something that you know we talk about so much, and seems like your day every day has been inundated with AI meetings and conversations. So. I very much look forward to your insight. But before we start, can you tell our audience a little bit about what you do at SAP Concur? Sure, I'd be happy to. I lead the product teams、uh, inside of SAP Concur for our spend products. That is our Concur expense and invoice and pay solutions, and that includes both the product strategy as well as the delivery of features、uh, in our product. Awesome, thank you. So recently, I gave a keynote. Called AI everywhere and all at once. Kind of borrowed that idea from a movie.、Um, the the whole gist of it is that the technology is all around us and embedded in everything that we do, and in the background. Now, in movies, AI is often depicted as human noise or very powerful robots taking over the earth. But let's come back to reality a little bit. That's actually is a little less sensational, isn't it, Tim? Uh, much less sensational than that. Although I think it may head that direction.、Uh, but when we look at the business software and、uh, and applications there, I think the new large language model stuff really opens up a couple of really interesting avenues. The first one, when we think about building products, is the user experience, that conversational UI.、Um, many of our products don't have that built in today, and I think conversational AI will give us an opportunity.、Um, To create new experiences for users,、uh, one of our data scientists likes to remind me, however, that these large language models do a great job of appearing smart sometimes. So customers should remain curious. I I had to chuckle when you say it appears smart because it. It does look like it always sounded like oh it knows what it's talking about, but sometimes we tend to forget it's not always that intelligent as we like to think of it.、Um, it's certainly useful though, right? I think in a lot of the、um, call center operations, for example, or helping employees dig through information. I think those we've seen a lot of them.、Um, but here's a question I have for you because oftentimes when we think about using AI. In organizations, first and foremost, doesn't matter if you hear it from a presentation, you know, a keynote in a conference, or in press releases, is almost always about 
this is how much efficiency and productivity improvement we've gained. How has the application of this technology, as well as the needs, evolved over the past few years? Because it's more than just gaining efficiency, isn't it? Uh, it is. Uh, you know, ultimately, it's about solving problems for customers. And so as a business who's looking at technologies or potential uh, AI type technologies to implement, they'll all promise you lots of things. You need to truly ask questions about what problems are you trying to solve? And then you need to be also be able to measure those efficiencies or potential gains as well. And these are questions that with this new technology, it's not inexpensive to run a large language model. It takes lots of GPUs. Some of the largest machines in the cloud today are being used to run these things like generative AI, large language models. And for that, you need to understand that if you're going to invest money towards that, you need to be able to measure the value that comes out of it. And customers need to take a look at that and understand what problem they're trying to solve. I, I like that. I just make a note for myself. We need to remember and be understanding what problems we're trying to solve. It's not always just tech for tech sake. Um, hey, here's an AI. We're going to do AI. but exactly. What are you doing um, and why? I think that's where we need a little bit more work. Yeah. I, you know, when we look at it uh, from my product teams that are doing this ideation and discovery now about how we can use this technology well in our products, what we're discovering with these large language models is we have to remember that they were trained with data from the Internet. They essentially scraped the whole Internet. But most people don't realize they only got information through 2021. This is massive amounts of data, and it takes a long time to put them in the model and the models to be trained in for the work. So, you know, when we look at building solutions, while we can create um, a little tool inside of our product that helps you determine the average price of a hotel in New York City for planning your travel, but only a customer's data, as well as a recent Google search is needed to enhance that data. Because while it might be interesting to know that the average price was I don't know, $300 for a hotel in New York. But that's through 2021, what's happened in the last few years. Also, the data is somewhat valuable, but what's really valuable to customers is knowing that while it's $300 in New York, and we'll update that to $375 because we did a Google search to figure out that it's that we're refining the data now. By 2024, it's now 375 But we also want you to know that your company's policy only allows you to spend $350. And now it's starting to become interesting, not because of some large language model, but as one of the components of a much more complex artificial intelligence or data technology that we're using in our product. I, I like that. That is such an interesting example because reality around us continues to change, continues to evolve. So while we're using technology, something as powerful as this to get us started, we need more work to keep it going, to make it useful. So in all of the conversations that you've had um, with customers and with your product team, what are some of the things that you feel like we haven't done enough or some things that we need to pay more attention to? Uh, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> that's a long list. <laughs> a long list. Um, well, let's try to focus on, you know, more recently, this large language model stuff has really inspired a lot of noise and attention and excitement in the industry around that. And what I believe is somewhat unique to large language models 
when it comes to what we need to be paying more attention to is it's one of the few technologies that's come around that really requires us to look at things like bias and ethics, like asking the question, should we build this? Or as a customer looking at this technology, how can I trust that these things are, are being addressed? You know, for SAP Concur, we uh, SAP in general, um, back in 2022, we created our guiding principles uh, for ethical AI. And we actually have an ethics board inside of SAP Concur already that we run all our product features through uh, before we put them out to market. This is new to this, this technology that we did not have in place before this AI trend started uh, growing in the past few years. So that's the first thing I think people need to look at. And the second thing is you need to look at its limitations. You know, these things, as I mentioned, appeared really smart. And uh, what engineers love to do is test those boundaries and see how smart it is. And we have found gaps. If you give the current large language model, let's say OpenAI's ChatGPT product, if you give it math problems, it doesn't get them all right. And so can you trust it to do your math test? It, it might score better than you, but it's not going to score 100%. And so uh, this is what we need to do is like, so as when we look at this, we're finding some of those limitations. So we can't trust it completely. We must ask questions. And I say, be curious. And we also need in this new model to protect users' data. You know, at SAP and SAP Concur, we, we have always been very conscious that we have a responsibility to protect our customers' data. Let's go back to what we talked about with this large language models. They're a model. They learn from large amounts of data. And the more data you push in, it's kind of like fuel. It can learn more stuff. It's a learning model. But as a customer with confidential information in like travel and expense software, which I work on, we can't be sending that data into some third parties' large language models. So we're building new technologies and these large language models have a way of doing that. The companies need to make sure that we protect the user's data while utilizing it to enhance these solutions that we're building. And that's a key part of what we're doing. These are the questions we need to ask with this new technology. I almost feel like that's a fine line to to walk, right? You want to make sure that what you're building is useful for the clients that you serve, for the use cases that you're creating towards. But at the same time, you must be con be conscientious about what you're doing and how you're going about doing it. And and but those are really really good points. Uh, before we wrap up, I do want to ask you. Um, although it seems like there's so much buzz and we've been going at it for a while, but Oftentimes, I would say we're just hitting the, the iceberg, if you will. The journey has just started. And the future will continue to evolve in ways that I don't think we can even grasp. So what gets you the most excited? What are you looking forward to in the, in the next, uh, I don't know, 12 months? Sure. Uh, 12 months is a short time, I think, when we look at this technology, because I think it's going to be around for a while. But the first thing that excites me is the technology itself. Um, you know, when you're, when you're in an environment and something comes along and that you feel the energy in the room rise up, that's happened in every engineering meeting in the past couple of years for, for us around this AI. And it's, it's wonderful to see that, uh, uh, engineers being excited about testing this new technology. And on the product side, product managers saying, how can we utilize this and testing it in new ways? With this stuff, I believe we are going to be able to innovate faster. We're already rethinking 
some of our architectural designs about how we achieve a function in the product, where before we might have to build a lot of different components to deliver that feature. We now say, well, if we have this generative AI engine, we can use that in this part of it and actually build this a lot faster. And we've already got things that are in the works that we're working on in that. So speed of innovation and technology, I think, is great. The industry is excited, which means it's going to drive people trying new things. Uh, and there's just a great energy about that. I also think that what I'm excited about is for our customers. As a product person in this industry for many years, our goal is to help our customers uh, become better and run better businesses. And I believe that this technology will reduce the work for these back office functions. SAP provides a lot of the back office in some of the largest companies in the world. And wouldn't it be nice to have less, less people auditing expense reports because they, they kind of audit themselves or less people managing travel plans because travel planning is something that becomes so easy now. I can simply ask my computer to give me these estimates or to go book these things for me. And, and that can be automated in a better way. Um, so there are ways that our customers are going to see great advancements uh, in technology. And the other part that I see, and, and some of the things, in fact, I was in a demo this morning on some of this stuff, is we'll be able to provide customers insights delivered before they even think about asking the question. You know, a lot of our software today is there's an organization inside of a company that says, we, we manage all the reports coming out of our spend systems. And they go out and every month they run these reports. And then somebody reads these reports and somebody analyzes these reports. And then they find something. And then they go back and fix it. What this technology is going to do is that while they're using the system, the system's going to contact them and say, we have found a problem in the system and we can fix it right now. Just click this button. These are the types of things that I think Customers are going to start realizing that value, um, and it's going to lead to more of a, a back office that practically manages itself. I was chuckling when you were talking about the whole process we had to go through, because this brings back memory. I started working in the 90s, and I remember those days you had to keep your paper receipts. You had to tape them on papers and you have to scan them and it takes like what at least two weeks someone will come back and say no 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 no, I need this no this is not right and it's painful nobody wants to do that and then not to mention when you're talking about insights you need to do forecasts you need to do all of those things you can't do it because everything takes forever and it's in all different databases they're all sitting somewhere nothing is integrated you might as well be going through silo after silo and it's like mm, okay I think this is going to be that but you never know. So one of the core scenarios we're working on today is around that expense report. So it's near and dear to my heart uh, is the expense report and all that. And yes, we still do paper receipts, but our technology and machine learning actually, you know, reads the receipts for you and fills them out for you. Um, but the goal here is that instead of you doing all that, and then about a week later, after you submitted your expense report, an auditor in your company sends it back saying, I'm sorry, Theodora, you are not allowed to spend this amount. Please resubmit your receipt. You've now spent weeks before you get reimbursed. If at the point you took a picture of that receipt, we told you that it wasn't going to get reimbursed and you made the fix right then, um, it just sails through and you're paid in, in hours instead of weeks. 
And, you know, those are the types of core scenarios that, you know, times 10, times 20, what solutions are going to start providing and uh, what excites us about building great solutions for our customers. I can feel that excitement coming through. I, I think the other thing that's been really interesting, I'm just watching on the sidelines since, you know, now I have my own company. I don't have to take my own expense reports anymore, which is a great thing. But um, like what we've gone through the last three years, this large experiment of all of a sudden everyone is working from home. And now all of a sudden everyone is going back to the office. And there's so much changes and dynamics in how we're spending our time and resources. And um, I'm, I'm sure you guys have some magic sauce coming up that can help organizations navigate through all that. Yes, and we're going through the same thing within our company, so we we live it as well. Sometimes we are not as close to what our customers do every day, but in this case, with with working from home, return to office, the change in how the office has has been and how we do our own expense reports uh, has changed. So yes, we are we're looking at adjusting to that as well. I think that is a, a change that's kind of permanent at this point. Uh, there'll be some form of hybrid work now for from now on, and those of us that were here before COVID will be able to look back and teach the new generations about what we went through and, and, and how that changed the industry overall. Um, but yes, there are definitely things there. You know, when I look at it, though, it really just comes down to solving customers' issues uh, or their problems. And, and people need to look at that as, as uh, AI is, is a great promise right now and has great potential. Uh, we're really going to push the boundaries, and I'm really excited to see what happens. I love that. Thank you. At the end of the day, what problems are you trying to solve? And that was exactly how you started the conversation with. Um, thank you so much, Tim, for spending time with us. Appreciate what you do. And uh, can't wait to see what next year brings. Thank you very much.